Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, as they always say on the back of trucks, trucks keep Australia moving. Now, those trucks need to certainly know how to get from A to B, but also record everything that's happening in between. Now, the Navman MyCam truck is a perfect navigation and dash cam unit in one. Seven inch display, professional B double truck mode, meaning that when you're setting up the device, you actually tell it whether you drive a B double, what your total weight is, maximum axle weight, total length, the whole lot, making sure that every time you are navigated anywhere around the country, that you're actually going on roads and paths that will suit the truck that you're driving. Really smart technology built into the Navman MyCam truck. And again, on the back of it is a camera, which will be recording everything, GPS tagged video, um, exactly everything you would need to make sure you're recording everything that happens on the road in front of you while you're also receiving that navigation. At $549, this might be the best accessory you put in the truck. Even better than a heated lunchbox or an amazing thermos, your navigation and your dash cam in one device that's actually built and suited for your truck couldn't be better. Let's keep Australia moving and let's get on with the show. Rasembrasma Jeff Quattromani, multi-Australian in Sydney. Tech expert Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology with Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello everybody, thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. As you may have heard in the introduction, feeling a little croaky. And I am probably on the verge, literally on the verge, maybe by the time you're even hearing this podcast, of being COVID positive. Um, our household has suffered an outbreak. Now we're two down, two to go. And effectively, I'm on the waiting list. And what we've done to celebrate, or I guess going down Titanic style, playing the violin, I've opened a bottle of wine and it's called the Butcher's Cellar. Um, we've gone all out and spent 15 big dollars uh, on this bottle. But I must say, this, this is a Shiraz that has been marketed as having bold flavors to go perfectly with big and salty meats. Now, I'm finding this to be a very smooth and silky Shiraz. Unlike a big, bold Barossa Shiraz, even though this is from South Australia, it doesn't quite have that punch. Now, in saying that, this could be because I've already got COVID, even though I did a test half an hour ago. It could be that my taste buds are already deteriorating. So take this with a pinch of salt. I will say, however, that there is a butcher seller Malbec, and I actually am looking forward to buying that one and trying it because I think that will be a better variety to go with meats. Malbec, traditionally from Argentina, Argentina, I should say, um, are perfect with meats, especially big briskets, big cuts of meat is usually a Malbec that you want to go for. So we'll try that one later on, but I'm trying the Shiraz for now. 15 bucks. I can't really complain. And hey, it's a Thursday night. Now, today, guys, we have got a number of things to talk about. We're going to talk about a passwordless future. Sounds too good to be true. Well, there's three major companies looking to work together on making sure that's the case. We're going to talk about a smartwatch for kids. Now, I say a smartwatch for kids because it's also potentially their first phone wrapped around their wrist. We're then going to talk about kids playing casino games in virtual reality. Yep. If you can't get into a casino, why not join a virtual one? And then we're going to talk about something for those who are sight impaired. Maybe you listen to this podcast and you are sight impaired or you know someone who is. This might be the best addition for anyone who has an iPhone and is sight impaired. I can't wait to tell you a bit more about that. And then, hey, maybe you're going for a job interview soon. Maybe you know someone who's going through school and is about to go on a job interview soon. 
how could you potentially get some practice in job interviews without actually going for a real job interview? Google has an answer, and I cannot wait to run you through how this works and what it actually is. It's amazing. Stay tuned. Now, I've spoken before on the show about how to potentially create a passphrase that is something you would never forget. Having a unique password for every account that you use is critical. And honestly, if you're not doing that, you're mad. It's a huge risk to just use the same password for every service that you've got. Now, there is also an opportunity very, very soon where remembering those unique passwords will no longer matter. Google, Apple, Microsoft. These small businesses have decided to come together to create a passwordless future. That effectively means this. And you think about all of the applications and platforms that they do own. It effectively means that when you go to one of their websites, you're logging onto their computers, you're actually using them. What you'll have is a way of authenticating yourself on your smartphone. So you go to a website, you go to log into your computer, whatever it is. You just go to your smartphone, there'll be a prompt. Do you verify it? Yes, you're in. Now, you think about how you unlock your phone these days. Face ID, touch ID, um, other fingerprint sensors on Android devices, whatever it could be. They will now be acceptable to verify you in its entirety. You'll be able to unlock your device and your entire online account. I cannot wait for this to happen. Imagine if you work in IT support, the amount of calls that may start to drop because people have forgotten their password, especially after a Christmas holiday break when everyone's forgotten their password. This is amazing news. So absolutely something for people to be excited about. No more passwords. Imagine no more passwords. Seriously, that would be incredible. Now, before we do go on to the next story, I have to quickly remind people. I was interviewed recently uh, for another podcast, Um, not as in a job interview. They literally wanted to ask me questions about me and I couldn't believe it. So I really encourage you to go, do go and check out the Culture of Things, the Culture of Things podcast. Uh, they decided to interview me. They wanted to know actually about my entire IT career, something I don't normally talk about here on this show, and also talk about what I do here and what I do for newspapers and TV and radio as a tech commentator. So if you want to know about what my day job is like, you want to know what it's like to, to do what I do um, between 9 to 5 and then from 9 p.m. to midnight, you can get all of that in that podcast. It's about an hour and a half. It literally is Joe Rogan-esque in length, but they literally wanted to use everything that they got from me in that episode. So the Culture of Things podcast, I really do encourage people to check it out. It's, it's probably the most honest and raw look into my, my career and my journey uh, as a tech commentator. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, it's all spoken about, no holds barred, and not a single word was censored. Not that I swore, but you know what I mean. We talk about some stuff. Now, do you have a child? Uh, do you have a child? Do you have a child who's begging you for a phone? Or do you have a child who's going to school and you kind of wish that you could contact them, but you're not really ready to give them a smartphone or even just any phone in general? It's a product called Moochie's Odyssey. I got sent one. Um, it's a smartwatch phone for kids. It literally looks a little bit like an Apple Watch. You know, it's got a typical screen on the front. Um, it has a SIM card built in, which is uh, 4G capable. It can count your steps. It's got some very basic applications on there. Um, Not really much, like educational games. Um, It's got some music integration. But it's absolutely a parent's dream. I set this thing up. I turned it on, um, set up the account. It's all free to do this. 
You don't have to have the 4G part enabled, by the way. It can just be used uh, on Wi-Fi if you're not comfortable with, with the 4G component. And effectively, you set it up as a parent. You install an app on your phone, and it synchronizes with that. And, you know, I did this for my son. My son is turning four this year. And uh, I did it for my son. I set it up for him. And he obviously had a lot of trouble figuring out how this thing worked, but he loved the idea of wearing a smartwatch. Um, but what you can do as a parent is you can actually call the smartwatch with voice or video. There is a camera on the front of the Moochie's Odyssey. And that means that if they're looking at the watch, you can see their faces and they can obviously see your face uh, as well. But there is no way that somebody who um, wanted to could call that watch. It purely is app-based and only those within the app um, and it could be mom and dad, for example, can call the watch and be called from the watch. So if you do need to actually do that, you can absolutely have a simple quick call. You've also got GPS tracking um, on the watch as well. So say, for example, again, parents want to know where their kids are, where their kids are during the day. They can quickly open up the app and check that. There's also safe zones. So again, this is the, this is the kind of thing you would do if they're at school. You would GPS map the perimeter of their school. And then you would say, you know what, between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m., whatever their school hours are, if they leave that safe zone, tell me. Get a notification. You get a notification. Your son or daughter has left the safe zone. That's a pretty good way of making sure that you're catching your kids out if they try and wag. They still call it wagging at this age? I don't know, but you know what I'm talking about. So it's really smart. The battery does last around two days. Again, depending on how the, how the usage is, if they're doing a lot of video calls and things like that, but they could potentially just leave it in their room at nighttime and you just have to charge it you know, a couple of times a week. 12 month warranty, things like that. I kind of like it. It is chunky. Um, it is a chunky watch and it is a little bit more bulky than say an Apple watch is, but it's a $250 smartwatch. So, you know, to have that two-day battery life is great. To be able to have, it's literally got the SIM card built into it and things like that. It's a nice watch. It works fine. Um, and, it, you know, I have to keep this context of, you know, it's going to be for a kid. And this kid would be, it'd be their first smartwatch. It'd be their first experience of having a phone or anything like that. So they're going to love it. So me looking at it, it's like, oh God, I've had enough smartwatches to know this one's not as good. Well, of course it's not. It's also $250. So, if you're, if you're someone who's thinking about something like that for their kids, I think you'd actually love it. Um, you know, my son who didn't quite figure out or understand how to really use the menu system that well, again, his age is a factor here, but he loved just wearing it. And he kept on telling me, I would love to keep wearing this. I took it from him. But, you know, the fact that I could video call him, um, we could even take pictures on the watch together. We could take selfies on there. That's pretty cool. And you can start to do all that with the mochis. Odyssey. So do check it out. I'm looking at it right now on Officeworks at $249. I think it's available at other retailers as well. But um, yeah, this one came in black. It looks okay. I think it comes in some other colors as well if you're, if you're not against, if you don't like the black color. Um, but there's also other brands. I think there's one called Space Talk that you could check out. It's a little bit more expensive from what I can tell around the $300 mark, um, but it probably does very, very similar things. So do check out the entire range and do look at the competitors and what the differences are. Ideally, if they've got power and the kids can use them and figure out the menu system before you make a purchase, that would probably be a very good idea as well. But Moochie's Odyssey, it's a 4G smartwatch phone for kids. And uh, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. I would, I would look forward to the day that my kids are in school and I could potentially try it in a real world environment rather than just him running around the house wearing a smartwatch. Now, when we talk about the virtual world, you know, going into the metaverse, experiencing things in VR, 
that means you can do it all from home. You know, go anywhere, be anywhere, do anything in the virtual world, in the comfort of your own home. We probably didn't think that casinos would be a place that would start to be entering that world. And we probably should have. I probably should have predicted this would happen. I didn't even see it coming. But yes, you could in, technic- in technicality, you could put a VR headset on today and you can now go to a casino. Now, there is a company that owns the world's largest betting group um, that has decided to make a couple of apps, PokerStars VR and Poker VR, and both of those allow you to play things like Texas Hold'em um, in virtual reality. Now, you don't actually exchange real money. You don't go into VR and you know, swipe your credit card across the VR headset and start to place bets. Instead, you have an avatar, you sit down at a virtual table, and yes, you play it online with other people, and you can talk to them, and you can engage, but what you do here is you actually um, buy virtual chips, and that's where it gets interesting. You buy virtual chips, and you can also buy decorative items, so if you want to have a cool watch in VR, if you want to have a pipe that you're smoking in virtual reality, um, even guns or toys sitting next to you in virtual reality, they're things that you buy in this virtual reality game called Poker Stars. Now, this may sound like an episode of A Current Affair, and I apologize for putting on this tone of voice, but if you have children who have a virtual reality headset, this might be something to bring to your attention. There have been evidence, and there's been a number of instances where they've seen children as young as 10, 11, 13, uh, maybe not 12, playing this game and using virtual currency um, to actually place bets. Now, obviously, no one needs to tell you that gambling is an addictive problem and it can be um, lead to hazardous things in life and blah, blah, blah. But on the flip side, as an adult, I don't know. I think it sounds desperate. I've never been good about um, playing gambling apps on my phone. I'm not one to play virtual gaming and things like that where you throw currency around on your phone. Um, But I've been to a casino. I've played Texas Hold'em many times. I love a good game of poker, but I don't think that we need poker in virtual reality with real money potentially um, for children. So again, just a word of warning for parents to be aware of that. But also I think at the same time, um, it probably means that we're losing some regulation in the VR world. I think we're doing it very well on smartphones. I think we're doing it very well um, on other devices. Have we thought about VR properly? Probably not. And it's just something that we need to catch up with ourselves until the law actually steps in and says that you can't have um, virtual reality casinos, you know, for those reasons. Now, I attended a briefing. Yes, I attended a briefing with Apple this week, and it was lovely to get invited. I love the opportunity to meet with people from Apple because on background, they tell you so much detail and answer any question that you might have around anything that they are um, briefing you on. And it's one of the good things. I have to give them massive credit for this. Whenever I've had a briefing with Apple, I will ask them, any question I can think of, and they have an answer. They're very well trained. They're very well educated. They usually put you in front of the right people immediately rather than saying, we'll come back to you with an answer on that, or we'll come back to you on that. They put you right in front of the expert. And I love that. Now, accessibility is an area on your iPhone or iPad that you potentially don't pay much attention to. And that could just be because you don't have a need for it. Now, we'll actually say up front, even if you are not in any way disabled or have any accessibility uh, requirements, 
That accessibility menu has a lot of great features that anyone should be using. There's a number of them, and I actually encourage you to go and do some research into the accessibility features on ways that you can actually improve your iPhone experience or iPad experience uh, through that. But they've added some, some interesting features this week, and I figured I just needed to mention them. You may know somebody who is sight impaired, and um, you know, no one, um, you know, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. I mean, I, I obviously take my vision for granted. But I can just imagine that it, how difficult it would be to get around independently if you are sight impaired. Now, on the iPhone, there is an update coming that will allow um, you to use your smartphone to do object recognition and really see for you. Now, this is using the, the pro models of the iPhones, and it's because it's got LiDAR. You will see on any iPhone Pro, I think 12 or 13, you will see you've got the three camera lenses on the back, but you've also got another dot. Well, there's actually two other dots, but one of them is your LiDAR sensor, and that has some amazing capabilities which are starting to be leveraged in this update. Now, you could be walking um, vision impaired. You'd be walking with your iPhone open in front of you with this... Um, I think it's called the magnifier app opened up and you can actually get it to do detection of doors and also signs and it does that even with distance so what's incredible here is if you're walking towards a door and maybe you're walking down a street and you're wondering which door you're meant to be walking into because you wanted to go to the bakery and not the butcher whatever the case is using your iphone and literally holding it in front of you it will read out everything that it's seeing so when it sees a door it will say closed door seven feet away um, and it will actually if there is any markings or anything like that on the door itself it will read that out to you, you know jimmy's butchery um, open now it will actually read that out to you as well so it does full ocr from a distance as well as understanding what it's actually being pointed at what's also really handy is that once you do get into the store for example um, if you're waiting behind somebody, it will identify people. It will actually say person in front, but also tell you how far ahead they are. So if you're, for example, vision impaired and you're waiting in a queue, it will tell you when that person has moved forward so you can do the same. You will actually almost be able to probably deceive a lot of people into thinking you're not even vision impaired. I love this kind of stuff. And Apple's doing a huge, a huge amount of things in actually making sure this works properly for people. They even started to focus on whether you need to push or turn a knob or pull a handle to actually get through the door. I ask questions about turn um, those turnstile doors. You know those ones? You always see them on big hotels. It's a door where you've got to jump in at the right time to go around the loop and make sure you pop out the right end. It will even help you understand what that kind of door is. And um, from what I could tell, it doesn't actually tell you when the right time to go is. So you still might need some assistance, but at least you'll know what kind of door you're up against. And I think that's really important. I asked about completely glass doors as well. A lot of glass panel doors these days, especially in office buildings, how, how well can it actually recognize them? In good lighting, it can do a pretty good job according to Apple. When it's dark, it would be difficult. And I understand that. These are cameras that we're relying on with LiDAR for distance. So it may recognize that something is there, but actually being able to tell whether the door is open or closed or or that actually is a door could be difficult if it's completely glass. But the, you have to think about this, this recognition of text on the door as well is extremely important. You know, the room number of, or, or address, whatever it could be that could be written on a door is so important to, to a lot of people, even if they were using door recognition for bathrooms. If you were walking towards a bathroom and you could actually get feedback as to whether it was the male or female bathrooms, those kinds of things could be so important to just allow these people um, to live a very normal life in a lot of ways. Now, I will say as well, 
there is a number of other features within accessibility that people should be paying attention to for any condition, whether you're, whether you're hard of hearing, uh, whether you have vision impairment, even if you if you are limb, um, oh, there's a word for it. I don't want to offend anybody. If if you're missing limbs, effectively, um, there is even ways to control your Apple Watch with the hand that you're wearing it on. So if your Apple Watch is on your left. Um, wrist and you only have a left hand, you can actually use pinch movements on your fingers to control the Apple Watch. Um, and that's incredible. So there's a number of things you can be doing. You can even um, on the iPhone and the iPad, you can be using your facial expressions to control elements of your um, of your phone. They've, they've announced improvements to the Apple Watch where you can effectively navigate the entire Apple Watch um, just through voice. And that includes selecting different icons, making an action, doing a thing on your watch, all through voice commands using menus that appear on the watch. It's just incredible what you can now do on these devices. And I think I've said to a number of people in radio conversations that if you know somebody or you are somebody who has any accessibility issues, I genuinely think that the phone of choice and tablet of choice has to be um, from Apple. They simply have invested so much more time and effort into these features than I've seen on any other product. And, um, you know, it is a very small part of the community. And I think that that's what makes this even more impressive is Apple's not focusing just on the majority of people. They have spent so much time and effort trying to improve those lives um, and still have the same level of access to the technology that everyone else has and takes for granted. So a number of things I do recommend people um, you know, if you if you have accessibility issues or if you know someone who has, feel free to reach out to me. I'm more than happy to try and help you. But at the same time, uh, make an appointment at an Apple store. They will walk you through any of this stuff. They will help you with everything that's on um, your iPhone or iPad, and that can help you. Um, there's a number of initiatives that they have ongoing to help people make use of accessibility features, and I encourage people to do it. Obviously, there's a lot of information online as well, but sometimes getting that help in front of somebody can be um, can be the big difference. So do check out that entire thing. Now, moving on to people who are maybe looking for a new job. Apparently, after the whole COVID thing, um, a lot of people are now looking to get new jobs. They call it the great resignation. I don't quite understand what that means. Um, you know, the way I see it in the great resignation thing is you know, through COVID, if you manage to maintain a job, I'm pretty surprised if you think that you should just leave that job immediately after the pandemic's over. The fact that you maintained a job and continue to get paid is a lot more than a lot of other people got. Maybe you should have shown a little bit of gratitude, but you know. Anyway, if you may be in school, maybe you're going through university, you're about to graduate, and you're thinking, I need to go and get a job. I haven't been for a job interview before, or maybe I have and I'm not good at it. Could I get some help? Well, Google. Google did it. And it was actually coming from an idea that I think an intern at Google had where they had interned and then they were about to leave Google. um, But despite the fact they had Google on their resume, they potentially weren't very good at being interviewed and answering questions and, and how they would go about it. So that turned into an idea that created interview warm up, interview warm up. And you can, you can obviously Google it. It's an amazing way to prepare for your next interview in whatever field it is that you're going into. Now, I looked at a lot of the fields that they do have referenced here, and they are usually tech-related, you know, IT support, e-commerce, data analytics, project management. But there are general sections as well, and I encourage people of any any genre, any age, any gender to go into interview warm-up and have a look at how you can practice. Practice your interviews with Google's AI system. Now, this is impressive. It will ask you questions. 
So straight away, I'm, I'm on the website right now. If I go start practicing and it will say, what field do you want to practice for? And it can actually then ask you targeted questions in those fields. But if I just say general, because not everyone is in UX design, for example, you go into general and it will ask you to answer five interview questions. Now, I'm just going to go and skip a few and just say, show me all the questions because I think that's um, important. Now, when I go here, it will have a number of questions that it might ask you, such as, can you tell me about yourself? Uh, what are your career goals for the next five years? These are things I've heard a number of times in real interviews. Um, please tell me why you'd be a good fit for this role. Tell me about a time you had to deliver on multiple competing priorities. What did you do and what were the results? Um, you know, what are you looking for in the next job? How would you describe your working style? All of these kinds of things, you know, situational questions, background questions. And then if you actually pick the genre, it would actually ask you questions um, related to those areas. But what it then does is it actually then goes into transcribing everything that you've just said as a response to that. And then it will actually give you feedback into your responses to say, in this sentence, you perhaps didn't quite say something correctly. Or in this sentence, you alluded to the fact, you know, it shows you the pros and cons of what's negative in your responses and what's positive in your responses and really tries to coach you through nailing these questions and getting them perfect so that when you go into a real interview, you nail it. And that's brilliant because I've, I remember when I was younger, I remember doing interview practice with friends, family, you know, hey, ask me a question. Let's pretend this is an interview. And it doesn't, it doesn't work the same, you know, unless everyone takes it very seriously, which is hard to do. Um, it doesn't quite feel the same. It doesn't give you that same level of education. You can do this by yourself. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on your computer. Interview warm up. If you are someone who knows someone who's going for a next job, they're going through school, they're going through university, uh, interview warm up really, really, really is important. And it's so, so cool. There's all sorts of things around tips, you know, before an interview, during an interview, after the interview, um, tips for answering uh, specific types of questions that you can learn about as well. So they are dead set focused on trying to help you get a job. They're using AI to try and listen to what you're saying and help coach you through things as well. And hey, typical Google, it's free. So interview warm up for anyone who does need it. Now, before we do close the show, I will remind everybody, um, go and check out the Culture of Things podcast. It's very rare that I promote other people's podcasts on this show. But in this instance, given that um, this is relatively a, a short show, now that I'm looking at the timer, uh, if you've got time on your sleeve, go and check out the Culture of Things and you'll see a one and a half hour interview with me. Um, you can watch it on YouTube or you can listen to it on any of the typical podcast platforms. Um, if you watch it, you'll see me looking pretty rushed into an interview because I didn't realize that they were going to video it. I thought it was going to be just audio. So I turned up in just a t-shirt and no, I didn't do my hair. And then they had cameras on and everything. And I went, oh crap, I better go and, um, I don't know, put some product in my hair and put a collared shirt on. And so I was. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This time next week, I will probably be recovering from COVID, assuming that I have tested positive by tomorrow. We'll see how we go. I hope I sounded okay today. We'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.